0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Christiana. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. Fifteen years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is... Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs hoodie,
1: the baseball reference T-shirt. Just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame, it's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you, we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore.
0: And welcome to About Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball, kind of whenever. I'm your host, Christian over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel?
1: Chris, I am doing very well. You and I are both on spring break, of course. You were just in California. I'm currently in Florida. Uh, I've been catching some riveting spring training baseball. Really, we're at the peak of, of interesting spring training baseball. There's really no other types of baseball going on. That uh, It's what the people want to see, and that's what I've been taking in uh, during this weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, it's, it's not always, you know, with spring training, you know, not always the, the best players are going to get featured, but you always know they're going to play those first like five, six innings, so I'm so happy you can see the, especially, best, the yeah, best out there in the MLB. Yeah, especially
1: right now in mid-March, you know, yeah. where we're at the point of spring training where all the best players are there and they're not anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, and they're all, you know, I got to see, you know, the the Washington Nationals two days in a row. I mean, what more can you ask for?
0: Yeah, really. What more? Yeah, what more can you ask for with that? It's, it's you know, you talk about a, a team that's won a World Series in the last uh four years um mm-hmm. you know
1: yeah I mean like, I got to
0: see I got to see three teams I got
1: to see the New York Mets the Nationals twice and then the Cardinals so I mean I'm talking you know I got to see Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonzo, Jeff McNeil, Edwin Diaz, Joey Manessis, uh Nolan Arnato, Paul Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmund, Nalars Nudbar, Adam Wainwright they were all at spring training and I got to see all of them
0: yes yes I mean when mm-hmm. when you're when you're going to MLB spring training, you're trying to see the best of the best and and that's what you get to do.
1: Yeah. Especially, (laughs) you know, in this year specifically,
0: this year specifically
1: when there, when there isn't anything else for sure.
0: Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. No lockout. That's that's, no
1: lockout. Yeah. No,
0: it's great. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Um, Yeah. The world baseball classic is going on. Um, So there is a, for the For the casual viewer, it's great, but I mean, I guess I guess it does take away from the experience just slightly um when you're when you're watching it spring training. Daniel, ah uh, Daniel has some family down at West Palm Beach, where the around the complex of where the Astros and Nationals share a complex or are correct. They like and then also
1: about class? about thirty minutes away is where
0: the Cardinals and Marlins share a complex, yep, yep. In Jupiter. Yeah, love to see that. Yeah, the Marlins, you know, Sandy Alcantara, Pablo, yep. or uh, Luis, Pablo, Arise. Luis Arise. Luis <laughs> yeah, that is funny. I, I yeah, and the that,
1: Astros, but... Astros, you know, you got guys like Jose Altuve, um, you got guys like Jeremy Peña, Framber Valdez, yeah, Christian Javier,
0: yep, just yeah. all, Ryan Presley, just absolute stars. That... Yeah,
1: that are in West Palm Beach right now.
0: In West Palm Beach. I mean, <laughs> I guess some of them are in Florida right now, just not. Yeah, not, not that part of it. Not on the spring training complexes. Uh, so, yeah, the WBC up and running. Um, how, have, What have you been able to catch um, over this past week or so of, of action?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen a few of the games. I haven't been too available, but I watched the uh, the opener, which was Cuba versus Netherlands at like 11 at night. Uh, that was a lot of fun um i've seen i haven't gotten to see team japan unfortunately uh yeah played all their games at like six in the morning yeah. um and hey they i'll be able to see them because they went four and oh in the in the uh pool round so they'll yeah. be fine they have their team is insane by the way i think they have seven guys with an ops over a thousand in the classic
2: um mm,
1: yeah. Otani has like a 1600 ops something <laughs> crazy like that did you by the way did you see that thing where Otani hit a, a four hundred forty eight foot homer, and the ent- everyone in the stands passed the ball around to like take a picture with it before yeah. returning it to the guy that caught it. That and was cool, it. and that yeah. is something that would never happen in America.
0: Nope. never nope. in
1: a million years would that happen in America. Imagine, imagine they did that with like Albert Poole's seven hundredth home run ball.
0: Um, yeah, like, no, I, in, I can't. Or Judge's, can judges that. sixty
1: second home run.
0: I I just remember um. I just remember David Freeze's, uh 2011 yeah. uh, walk-off home run when it landed mm-hmm. in that berm in center field. And, and like,
1: five people got arrested.
0: Yeah, there was that <laughs> there was that guy who, like, grabbed it, and then I think he immediately got knocked over.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, also, the, I remember when Derek Jeter had his 3,000th hit, that was a home run. Um, like, if you watch the replay, there was, like, 20 people that just, like, jump on the guy that caught it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they're like,
1: that that ball is worth like my entire life right now i need to get that
0: yeah and even if it did happen in america like there'd be like a year anniversary later where like they all got honored like pre-game or something because of how (laughs) noble they were i feel like it's maybe just kind of more normal in other cultures
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) if it happened between like five people that'd be impressive yes
0: america yes yeah this just happened like throughout a stadium (laughs) but That was that was my biggest uh,
1: takeaway is Japan people in Japan are way nicer.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Team Japan is is 4-0. They're they're pretty crazy. They got Otani, Lars Nukbar, uh Masataki. Yoshida. Yoshida, Um Um, Roki Sasaki. Is Seiya Suzuki on that team?
1: I don't believe so. Um, Um, they have Roki Sasaki as a pitcher who's been who was killing it in that game. They've Yu darvish. Yep, yep, yeah. They have they have a fun team for sure. They have the salt and pepper shaker celebration that they've been doing. Yeah, that I think, <clears throat> La- I think Lars Newbar brought that from the Cardinals to Team Japan.
0: That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. But
1: I watched uh I watched USA and Mexico last night. What a disaster that was. <laughs> oh yeah. I I
0: only saw yeah, it was
1: cool. I, I will say, like in our in our uh you know our previews, division previews. We were sad that the NL East went very soon. I'm glad it did, and I got to talk about Joey Manessas before that game because, like, Joey Manessas
0: would have been too obvious at this point after hitting two home runs against Team USA. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and uh, yeah, I, 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 was only last night. I was only able to watch, um, Venezuela, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. That was a good after game too. It was seven to one. Yeah. after it was yeah uh, yeah after yeah. it was seven to one so i watched a couple of innings i don't know that's I, cool I, um
1: dumb go well hey as Lacey didn't get to watch great britain versus canada
0: yeah, yeah. that game was
1: it was three hours in and in the bottom of the fourth inning thankfully there's a mercy rule in the wbc so they ended it after seven it ended up being a three and a half hour game which actually isn't that bad but it was on pace to go for like five hours
0: yeah, it seemed like the mercy rule was more for the fans, <laughs> and not for the... Yeah, not for I the will fans. say,
1: you know, like, as much as I have loved watching the WBC, and as, you know, as much as they will continue to watch as the little later rounds go on, I, I do really... It does show me how much I've enjoyed the, the rule changes of this year. Yeah, yeah, because they, they don't have like, a pitch clock there, right? They don't have a pitch clock, and they don't have shift... Well, the shift band, I... I I'm not really for in the first place, but um yeah, like it's most of the pitch clocks, honestly, more than anything else.
0: Yeah, that's the biggest because
1: I mean it you're not you're not they're not taking away baseball. It's still nine innings, it's still twenty seven outs, they're taking away the nothingness in the game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And you're seeing seeing it right
1: unfold right there. Because, like, I'll admit, like, it was tiring seeing postseason games, you know, year after year, day after day, that would be like an hour into the game in the bottom of the second inning in like a two nothing game.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's, it's more baseball and, per minute.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's it. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. You get to enjoy your baseball more efficiently. Yeah, um, I did
1: get to see a, an automatic strike and an automatic ball in person for the first time. Very fun.
0: Oh, yeah, Very, you mentioned that to me.
1: Yeah, I, I don't remember who the batters and pitchers were because, you know, it,
0: it was like the seventh inning of each game, but. Right. Um, <laughs> number 75 versus number 89. With no names on the back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> of the jerseys. Um, Yeah, but yeah, I, I did get to witness that. I have nothing else to say
0: no notes that's quite a bit that's that's Mm -hmm. something to experience like it's it's got to be confusing I know like you know when uh when the intention when the intentional walk became automatic like I it took some Mm -hmm. getting used to like whether it was in person or on tv just randomly a guy would just be on first base and you'd be like like, wait wait, wait a minute how did he get there like why why isn't David Ortiz hit yet (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean david
1: ortiz didn't get an at-bat with a base open and one out yeah
0: um but yeah so fun things um in the the wbc yeah the czech
1: republic team is also very cool yeah Uh, they're all like 18 year olds with like second jobs as like electricians and stuff right um and like one of them like struck out Shohei otani they beat um i believe china it was yeah that's pretty sick Yeah, Um, Czech Republic, very cool story. Um, Yeah, they didn't make it out of the group stage, but alas, it was very cool for them. Um, The Team Venezuela has really been lighting it up. I mean, they've already defeated Team Dominican Republic and Team Puerto Rico. Um, And also in their pool is Israel and Nicaragua, but they still have to play.
0: Yeah, they they have... They have a lot of star power. I know the USA and uh, Dominican has rightfully been getting a lot of attention, but I think Venezuela is not far off. And clearly, I mean, no. based on the competition, I mean, you know, they're right there with them. And correct. Yeah, I mean, they beat the DR. So obviously above them for now, Um, I'm sure they'll face yeah. off again at some point.
1: I've also, you know, I'm sure you've all seen... You know, various clips on the internet of people showing emotion in the WBC where it's like like Venezuela scored to go up nine-one and they were all like it was like they had just walked off. <laughs> uh, I remember Pablo Lopez departed in the fifth inning and like the entire team greeted him at the foul line. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's stuff that you can't only see in the WBC because like who's doing that like on a Tuesday night in May against the Reds?
0: Right. I mean, it's That's the first. So t- that would be so tired. I imagine the overwhelming majority of players are are representing their country. Yes, like and this they for probably the first care. time ever.
1: Yeah, and a lot of them probably care more about that than most of what what they do for their actual team.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like with the U.S., it's different, which because, is not a bad thing. Yeah, because all these all these players, you know, for for U.S. players. You know, they're they're playing within their country or you know, their neighbor country for in one specific instance with the Toronto Blue Jays. But you know, it's it's different, you know, they're they're on their own sort of they're in a very comfortable territory, it's their native language every time. Whereas, you know, with yeah, Team Venezuela, team Japan, team Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, and literally every every other country. Colombia. Colombia, like this is you know, they're playing with guys you know who have a have the same unique perspective as them uh which is you know not not the way it is with uh major league baseball and you know it's very cool for them and i know uh i think yadier molina uh back in 2017 said that the 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 port him playing for puerto rico you know him potentially winning for puerto rico is more important than the world series and i imagine it's that way for for a lot of these guys
1: I mean, it's probably easy for him to say if he's already won a World Series. Very um, true. But I remember in, in twenty seventeen, the entire Puerto Rican team dyed their hair blonde, and like the, like Puerto Rico, like the fans set a like Guinness World Record for like highest like, popular like highest gathering of people like with blonde hair or something crazy like that. Yeah, because every, the entire land of Puerto Rico just dyed their hair blonde for the team. Yeah, it was. That's pretty, how it is.
0: Pretty- A great thing to to get behind and yeah what what i was saying is like probably at least 90 percent of these players are doing it for the first time doing the wbc for the first time so it's it's another unique thing for for them
1: yeah absolutely um yeah switching gears here uh great britain's uniforms do you see those
0: yeah, yeah, I I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure every joke's been made about them, but it does look like it was. I've made seen like I've software. seen the
1: same tweet from like five different people where it's like that scene from The Office, which I I'll be upfront I've never seen The Office, but yeah, uh, it's an yeah. Office meme where it's like it's your birthday and it's like a very plain wall. Uh, <laughs> you can judge me for being uncultured. I've never seen it, but I've seen the same tweet at least five times.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've seen. Um, it looks like just Ariel Black, which is a- yeah fun one um i agree it looked it does look like that yeah it it's Mm -hmm. weird um it it looks like they it looks like they just found out they were going to the wbc like the day before so that's a that's a fun thing um but yeah the wbc um it's happening i know i know with the the pool, whichever pool had Japan uh, and Korea and Australia. I know that pool um that pool ended that pool started and ended way before um everyone else, you know, the USA, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, ven uh, or Puerto Rico, Colombia, Nicaragua. they're all in progress Mexico as well. They're all in progress and they will be continuing um to play throughout. Um and their pool will end a little later than Japan's and, and yeah pool having...
1: pool A and B are done. Pool C and D end on the 15th. Yeah two days from now I believe.
0: They are in progress. But yeah will be fun to see that uh continue and and uh be be the focus of the baseball world for the next couple weeks. Um, Our own little fun thing that I think kind of it, it's getting better each time that uh, the, the tournament is being played. So that no is, doubt. that's a yeah, cool no, thing. It's,
1: I think, I think it needs to be a more common thing. Like I know, I know it's supposed to be every four years. I think it should be every two.
0: Yeah. It, Why it, not?
1: It, Why not continue to do this?
0: Yeah, it'd be cool. And, and you know, I think this was the idea of this was because baseball was out of the Olympics. And, you know, I think baseball in the Olympics, it's cool for the amateur guys or the or the non MLB guys now. Um, But, you know, that's it's not really going to be a thing. And that's a thing where, like, there's also other Olympics. There's also some really cool sports that are being focused on at that point. But exactly.
1: Um, I was saying, I don't think I don't think people are watching the Olympics for baseball unless they're baseball fans. Because right. like when else are you gonna get to watch curling on a national stage?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: I know I know that those two don't share uh, you know, whatever, but you get the idea.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like in March, you know, March in March, you know, there's no NBA or NHL playoffs yet. Um, although, you know, it's there I is guess March, it's madness, a, it. March
1: Madness, but that's there's March
0: madness, but there yeah i guess there that's is not there.
1: even an everyday thing though
0: true yeah like the bracket
1: they're... the bracket just got released yesterday there's no games until thursday
0: yeah and then there's they play for four days and then there's four days there's like three days of no basketball yes and then four days on yeah so it'll it'll work together simultaneously i guess but yeah bbc yeah. is awesome
1: it's very cool and i love it and we should do it more than every four years that's that's my note
0: yeah um so yeah uh after we you know as we're done talking about uh wbc for now um there were a couple extensions handed out not necessarily guys who are heading into free agency anytime soon but uh you know more situations where uh guys are getting extent you know getting free agency bought off, uh, early in their career, uh, with Ruiz and all of
1: arbitration as well.
0: Yeah. avoid Yeah. Avoid arbitration. Um, which is a cool thing. Uh, probably a sigh of relief for, for both parties involved, but, uh, Kiebert Ruiz and Corbin Carroll each got, um, eight year contracts. Uh, we'll start with Kiebert Ruiz because that happened first. Um, yeah, it was...
1: Eight years and fifty million, correct?
0: Yeah, eight years, fifty million dollars. Um, he he, unlike Carroll, already had a service time under his a year of service time under his belt. So this buys off three years of free agency, um, which is uh cool for, um, the Nationals, I guess. Uh, he's heading into his age twenty four season. Uh, what did you think about this deal?
1: I'm assuming that this is probably going to be pretty. Uh front loaded uh or back loaded rather. Yeah. Uh because they are simming three years of free agency here. So, you know, that is a lot of time for him to buy off uh when he could be potentially making a lot more. But that's of course a large gamble to make at this point. Uh, but not having to worry about arbitration and being set for the next eight years, especially at this stage of your career where you know, nothing is really guaranteed. It's a huge thing and it's, it's good for Kiba Ruiz and it's good for the nationals because it's a relatively team friendly deal. I'd say, even with the, you know, even with the fact that it's sending arbitration. um, Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a very good thing for both sides for sure.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Ruiz, by the way uh, you know, I, I did mention going into his age 24 season, but he was also part of uh, the trade Turner, Max Scherzer trade um that, you know, sent Scherzer and Turner to the Dodgers, brought uh, Ruiz along with Josiah Gray and and a couple other prospects to the, uh, to the Nationals. And yeah, Ruiz is an interesting player. He's a, he's a catcher, his catcher defense. um, It's, it hasn't, uh, it hasn't really developed quite yet. Um, You know, And on the surface, offensively, he hit 251 with a 673 OPS. However, you know, I mentioned to Daniel uh, before the episode that this was a guy I probably should have looked into more and potentially had as a player to watch because um, he had a lot better expected numbers last year than than um, than, uh, you know, on the field numbers. And he, you know, had 433 plate appearances last year, pretty much a full season um, and his expected batting average was 26 points, 26 points above his, uh, actual average. He had a, he had an expected batting average in the 91st percentile in all of baseball, also an expected WOBA in the 66th percentile, um, despite having a below average, you know, WOBA, um, and along with that, you know, line drive rate of 28.2%, uh, which is, you know, 3.2 percentage points above average pretty much, and sweet spot percentage of 36.3%, which is, um, you know, a very solid above average sweet spot percentage, avoids ground balls pretty well, um, or at least more than the average hitter. So, you know, batted ball profile, very good. And also, or I guess the most eye-popping thing I forgot to mention is his uh, strikeout rate. He only has an 11.5% strikeout rate. Uh, or at yeah, least right. In- at least he did last year. Um, and that's his, that's his career mark as well. Um, career 11.5% strikeout rate. That was 97th percentile in all of baseball last year. And his whiff rate, you know, how often he swings and misses was a 94th percentile in all of baseball last year. So there's, there's some upside, um, you know, his, uh, his average exit velocity was 33rd percentile, but you know, 88.0 miles per hour, it's only 4. 0.4 miles per hour below league average and and that could uh that could grow as he gets more experience and maybe a little more strength um as he continues his uh baseball career but but yeah, so that's the analysis on Ruiz. They buy off. Yeah, I think of, it's I
1: think it's also uh, sorry to cut you off, but I think it's also good for Nationals fans to know that there is some sort of stability on this team right now, because over the last half decade, they've seen so many talented players that had been Nationals for a while eventually go elsewhere between, you know, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, Max Serger, Juan Soto. Uh, they saw it with a lot of different players. And I know that Kiba Ruiz isn't maybe the same talent as all the guys I just listed, but I think it is good to know that the team is committing to someone here. And, you know, the, I think the ceiling for Kiba Ruiz hasn't yet been reached and it will eventually be reached. Um, but, you know, they, have, they get to realize that they're watching their guy. They get to watch someone that is committed to being a national for a while. And I get that the contract they gave him probably won't stop a team from trying to trade for him if that time ever does come. But, as of right now, in 2023, they know that they have a guy that they can count on to see long-term. And because the only guys that are on the team long-term right now are Steven Strasberg and Patrick Corbin, and neither of those contracts have worked out to any degree over the last, you know, four seasons. Uh, and so it is good for them to have someone that they know that they can latch on to for a while.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really good point you make uh, because, you know, there's not a lot committed or at least not a lot of, high level talent committed for a while and, you know, the nationals identity is completely in flux right now. So it's good to just have someone who is growing, who they, you know, traded for, um, you know, be locked up. He's, he's, he's going to be, or he's committed to uh, that contract goes through his age 31 season. So, I mean, you know, that's just good to know that that guy could be around, you know, whether it works out or not. We'll see, but you know, we already see a, a little bit of upside there. So, yeah, it's good, and it's not necess- they're not breaking the bank here. It's fifty no, million dollars. If you're
1: if you're a Nationals fan, you can go and buy that jersey. Like there is a jersey yeah. of a player that you can buy in twenty twenty three, uh, that you don't have to worry about being outdated for a while. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that bought Soto jerseys, that bought, uh, you know, Sergio jerseys, Harper jerseys, Trey Turner jerseys, and those are no longer good. Like this yeah. is one that you can buy in twenty twenty three. Yeah, exactly. But it's, probably, it's probably the safest one to buy in twenty twenty three because I don't think anyone wants a Patrick Corbin jersey. Right.
0: Yeah. And uh yeah, like you know, it's it's also a sign that like they're you know, you mentioned they're they're committing to something and it's a sign of like the new nationals, whatever they may be, like not not the current new nationals that are garbage, but like a new potentially successful nationals, you know. Yeah. Years down the line, albeit years down the line, but it's there's going to be something that's also, that, uh, I also think it is just in
1: general good to have stability in the catcher position because True. over there can be crazy. Uh, and also it's, it's not difficult to eventually be in a situation where your catcher you're not getting a lot of production from, and Keeper Ruiz is a guy that you can get a lot of production from, so it is comforting to have that as well.
0: Yeah, already a good sign that he was able to get. Four hundred thirty three played appearances in his age twenty three season um and uh you know offense from the catcher position is uh a great value to have so and you know based on and his, his defense
1: is outstanding too th-
0: yeah and based on his expected numbers um you know he should be you know on that uh on that upswing but yeah um so yeah uh Ruiz signed through his age 31 season and through the year, I'm guessing it bought off this year too. So it would be uh through 2030. Um yeah. so good for him. Uh what a deal that broke the bank a lot more was uh given out by the Arizona Diamondbacks and given to the number two prospect in baseball, according to um According to MLB.com, number one in some some people's books, Corbin Carroll, uh, outfielder um, who already has a little bit of Major League time, not enough to uh, have a year of service time yet, but has a little bit of of time in the Major Leagues, uh, qualifies as a rookie this year. Uh, Corbin Carroll gets eight years, $111 million. Uh, What did you think of this uh, signing here? Um, I think this is just awesome because – Corbin Carroll is
1: just the start of what the Diamondbacks are building for the future. I mean, you know, he is the number one prospect in the system right now. So it is expected that, you know, he is probably going to be the biggest contributor to their future. But after him comes a pipeline of prospects with Jordan Lawler, with Brandon Fodd, with Drew Jones. Uh, they have so many people coming through the system and to commit to the biggest one at a relatively decent price point, uh, considering I know that you are buying out only the arbitration years but you know to have him locked up for that amount of time while his value hasn't gone up anymore uh that's big because that's going to leave a lot of money on the table for everybody else in that core
0: yeah well um it is it wait what was it it was it was eight years 100 million i think yeah yeah um so yeah i mean you're you're buying off all of arbitration but you're also buying off uh two uh two years of free agency which i think you know
1: i think there's a lot of uh sorry to cut you off but i think there's a lot of like vesting options in that deal where it could be longer
0: yeah like the um julio uh rodriguez yeah yeah contract yeah because that that one was, was a crazy one where it was like up to you know Five billion dollars with these (laughs) options. Like, if he does everything right, he will own the team by the end of this contract. (laughs) Yeah, like it was like that. But um, I don't think
1: it was that crazy. But I think there were a couple things in there.
0: Yeah there there were some there were some funny things with that one. But it's up to like fourteen years. But it could just be eight years with him. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway,
1: I think I think the Corbin Carroll contract could be up to like eleven years, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it right now. Um I believe
1: Pass reported it.
0: I'm looking at it now. It says there's a club there's definitely a club option for a or yeah, there's a club option for a ninth year. Um and yeah, I think yeah, I think there's some investing options, but how how I'm looking at it on spot track, um, you know, it, it's the normal types of these contracts where there's not that much being doled out okay, the first yeah. few years because it's basically simulating pre-arb and arbitration. But uh it is
1: just it is just a ninth year vesting option.
0: But those um those final uh those final two years um he's getting a good chunk of money. He's getting a uh, twenty eight point six two five million dollars in those final two years. So kind of simulates free agency so I mean you know it is eight years 111 million dollars but they they are putting a lot of faith in him for sure um if they're willing to give him uh you know 28 million dollars over the last two of those years but yeah given the status it's not absolutely crazy to to do that
1: it is a risk to take for a guy that's played 30 major league games um but he has a very unique skill set I mean his speed tool is the best that we've seen from a top prospect in a long time. The last time I can remember like a prospect coming up and being like, yeah, look at this guy's speed was Billy Hamilton in 2013. That was the last I remember. Um, yeah. But and- Carroll seems to have a much more expensive hit tool, uh, both on the uh, the contact side and the power side. He's going to be a center field block for, for a while with Alec Thomas, who's also a center fielder. Um, yeah. This is going to be a guy to watch in Arizona for sure.
0: Yeah. And and Carol, by the way, like we like, you know, it's not just we're talking about a prospect, but it's not like it's just like, oh, look at the tools. Like in the minor leagues last year, he had 307 yeah. slugged 610, had a 1035 OPS, 22 doubles, eight triples, uh, 24 home runs. And that was in just 99 games uh, 31 stolen bases or not 99 games, 93 games. Sorry. Uh, 31 stolen bases in those 93 games. That's a stolen base every three games. Um, you know, if you put that in a over 162 game sample, I think that's 54 stolen bases, albeit, you know, it is the, it is the minor leagues. However, like take, take note of that. He's a guy that could get 30 stolen bases this year, um, which is hard to do. It's getting harder to do, uh, throughout the years um but like yeah
1: ceiling in general is going to be easier this year though
0: uh true yeah with the shift thing right yeah and uh, the bigger bases and the pitch clock yeah um
1: pickoff rule too
0: yep yep and uh yeah so 54 extra base hits in 93 games um so it's not like it's not like oh you know he has a lot of stolen bases but you know he only hits you know he only gets on base thirty percent of the time and he only and he only singles when he gets on base. Like he can actually hit the ball well and hard and hit it over the fence. Uh, yeah, and, but also but when he doesn't hit it over the fence, he can be a danger on the bases
1: and not only that, but Arizona' is a park where you can't really be a hitter that relies solely on home runs uh, because it's, you know, it's a very pitcher friendly park. it's It's a park that keeps the ball in the park a lot more um so if you're shooting the gaps hitting a lot of doubles and triples like that you're going to benefit more in Arizona than as a home run hitter
0: um yeah yeah for sure like it is it's definitely known as a as a hitter's ballpark but and also along with this great offense that we're talking about um out of on this in the scouting report according to MLB.com he has a 70 field rating on the 20 to 80 scale and really good in those 30 games that we just talked about in those 30 major league games, he had five outs above average, which is absolutely absurd. Like if he was on a 162 games pace, he would have led the league in outs above average. Most likely I'll be, he also led the league
1: in sprint speed.
0: Yeah. Led the league in sprint speed.
1: He might, he, the, the, the bold, the bold leaderboard narrative might be gone this year because of Corbin Carroll.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, with, with Corbin Carroll, like, So that's that's basically if you if you don't know Corbin Carroll yet, that's that's who we're talking about with with Corbin Carroll is like there's there's a reason why the why the Diamondbacks are investing heavily in him. Um, It's good for them that they're going to get him through age now. uh, 29 or 30. Yeah, I was gonna say you strapped
1: out of high school, so it can't be that old.
0: Yeah. So like they're buying off a couple of years of his prime there. Um, or yeah, they are. And and it's not like he's getting cheaped out either. He's going to be getting, uh, $28 million, you know, a little over $28 million in those year years that are bought off. So, you know, you know, if he doesn't end up working out, those are, that's a great money to have. So, uh, you know, $111 million for this guy, but it makes sense, makes sense for both sides. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, yeah, bigger picture wise, it's it's the start of something in Arizona.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean like I said, it's it's only the beginning and the fact that they got him for not an outrageous price for now is going to leave room for a lot of other guys.
0: Yeah, and and even just for 2023, like they're they they didn't do they didn't do that bad last year. They won, I mean I have it in the prep sheet, but they won <laughs> uh 70
1: 75 ish games
0: 74 games yeah um which was a 22 game improvement you know there's already mlb level uh guys that are you know very good like walker you know christian walker merrill kelly uh zach gallon gallon um already up there so there's already a good sign so carol's gonna improve that uh immediately this year you know, probably the top NL rookie of the year can- candidate if it's not um, Francisco Alvarez. So he's definitely a guy to look out for. But yeah, Arizona's keeping him around for an extra two years. You know, I, I know the eight year deal it gets, you know, sensationalized, but it's an extra, extra two years than they would have had originally. But it's nonetheless, yeah. it's a good sign. Absolutely. Um, um, anything more on the deal before we get into the preview
1: i don't think i have anything else
0: yeah all right let's preview it up as mm-hmm. they say um so yeah <clears throat> it starts off you know for anyone who hasn't listened to the preview to the uh divisional previews yet we dive into each team we dive in bottom to, to top we go over uh additions subtractions you know what they did last year and then um, one specific player that you should look out for, uh, for some unique reason, we're we're rarely ever going to go with an obvious guy, you know, guys like, you know, specifically like Shohei Otani and Aaron Judge are, are way off the table, but even, even like top 25, 50 players are usually pretty much off the table. Um, you know, top 25, 50 guys in the, uh, in the MLB are usually off the table here. So, We'll start off with the Colorado Rockies. They went 68-94 and and finished last in the NL West last year. They lost Jose Iglesias, Carlos Estevez, Connor Joe, Sam Hilliard, and Garrett Hampson. They added Brent Suter, Harold Castro, Nolan Jones, Brad Hand, Pierce Johnson, and Phillips Valdez. Uh, who's your player to watch from Colorado?
1: Yeah, my player to watch on the Rockies is one of those additions. The guy that I was like, I had to do a double take when I saw they got him. I'm talking about Nolan Jones. He was a top prospect on Cleveland for a couple years. years. Uh, did pretty well in his first 15 or so career games and then faded out a little bit. Uh, only played like 30 games last year, though. So not the huge sample size, but still looked very impressive. In 55 batted balls last year, he had a sweet spot percentage of 49.1% and a hard hit rate of 49.1%. Among the 497 hitters with at least 50 batted balls last year, he and Trace Thompson were the only ones to have at least 45% in both sweet spot percent and hard hit rate. Uh, Nolan's sweet spot percentage also ranked tied for first on that list of 497 he had the highest sweet spot percentage in all of baseball last year minimum 50 batted balls uh nolan jones also had a 32.7 percent line drive rate which was the fourth highest on that same list of 497 Uh, his arm strength averaged out at 97 miles per hour last year the third highest among the 414 players to make at least 50 throws last year uh and lastly Nolan Jones was shifted against in 61.3% of his plate appearances last year, a little more than, you know, more than half. And obviously that'll be gone for the most part this year. He had a 229 Woba against the shift and a 406 Woba without it. That is a drastic difference. Uh, I couldn't believe that they got him just out of nowhere like that. It seemed very weird. I think that he's going to be a guy that thrives in Colorado, especially, you know, with the air being the way it is because line drive you know if you have that high of a line drive right and you're in course field you're going to do very well for yourself uh so i'm looking at nolan jones to have a breakout year no doubt about it
0: yeah absolutely um yeah that's a good uh good pick yeah i i kind of that surprised me a little bit too when yeah i had to uh, had to
1: read i had to read the headline twice so i was like are we talking about that nolan jones or like do the guardians have another one in their system
0: yeah like uh yeah he like I don't know, dropped a little in the prospect ranks, but yeah, based on that information, it's interesting that that he got let go like that. Um yeah, my player to watch originally was Sean Bouchard, but uh so yeah, I background information on the on what happened there was I was I was on the flight to San Fran. Um uh, and I, I paid for the wi Wi-Fi cause I, you know, I, I, don't like being bored on the plane and I didn't really want to watch a movie, uh, that the free wifi would have provided. Uh, but so I went and, you know, I, I hadn't picked out any NLS players yet. So I did some research and picked a guy. Um, and, uh, apparently that day, uh, like later on, it was announced that his season was in jeopardy because of a, of a ruptured biceps injury. So I had to find out um, yesterday, I was as I did more extensive research, that he was not really going to be playing. Because I looked at the roster resource, he wasn't in the lineup, and I was like, what happened? So I had to pick a guy uh, just, you know, a couple hours ago. And I just went in with an old familiar guy, a guy I did a, a how about that on this year. And I will disclaimer... Not a not necessarily a future piece of the Rockies, but an interesting guy. Nonetheless, and I'm talking about Daniel Bard. Um, I'm sure everyone's sort of familiar with uh, with the Daniel Bard story. He was out of base. He was out of baseball for. Or at least out of the MLB for seven, eight years and uh, came back to the Rock, you know, was able to get an opportunity with the Rockies. And he's been pretty unbelievable, even in his late 30s. Uh, Daniel Bard in 60 and a third innings pitch last year had a 1.79 ERA, 2.86 FIP, 262 ERA plus, and a 3.8 B-War. Bard's B-War was the highest in the MLB among relievers, and it was the highest B-War by a reliever in his age 37 season or older since Mariano Rivera in 2008. And it was the fifth highest all-time buyer reliever in his age 37 season or older. Uh, Along with that, uh, Bard really turned up the gears um, from mid-May on. In his final 43 appearances, he had a one-one-five ERA and a 2.60 FIP. Uh, Prior to those 43 appearances in 2022, his average launch angle was 20 degrees, and his average exit velocity against was 92.5 miles per hour those went down to 5 degrees and 85.9 miles per hour in those final 43 plate appearances or 43 in those final 43 appearances not plate appearances um his sinker usage uh went from 39.9% before that span to 55.9% in that span his ground ball rate went from 43.8% to 53.4% so he's someone who he wasn't doing He was doing okay, but he wasn't doing fantastic. And then, uh, he found a way to get a lot more ground balls, um, and therefore, uh, a lot less traffic on the bases and, uh, a lot less runs allowed, which is, uh, the name of the game. So yeah, he's someone who, I mean, I I know he signed like a two year extension, so I don't know if he's necessarily a trade target, but, uh, he could, you know, he could get traded this year at some point. Um. But uh, someone uh, to look out for potentially on the trade market, but just an entertaining guy to watch and a a cool story with Daniel Bard. So that's uh, that's what I have to say about him. I guess now we get into uh, questions.
1: Yeah. So this is a bit of a weird question, but I really just use this as an excuse to flex my favorite Rockies stat, maybe of all time. So in 2021, the Rockies had the lowest sinker usage in the major leagues at six point two percent uh and they had the third worst average against sinkers at 3.24 and the third worst slugging at 4.97 and all this makes sense because there have been studies done about how course field affects pitchers and a lot of it is that it affects vertical movement you know vertical movement is kind of canceled out by the effects of course field uh so it makes sense to limit the usage of sinkers of curveballs of you know pitchers that do that because you're not going to get much of the movement that you want on those So the Rockies had the lowest usage of sinkers in 2021. They got bad results against them. All this makes sense. How did they respond to this in 2022? They threw the second highest rate of sinkers at 24.4%. They had the second worst average against at 312 and the second worst slugging at 481. Why did the Rockies do this? I don't know. Anyway, over under 20% sinker usage for the Rockies this year.
0: Uh, Good question. I mean, I, I was talking about how great. It worked for Daniel Bard, but he was in the minority clearly. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think, I, I don't think they made any significant additions to the pitching staff outside of, uh, you know, I guess Daniel Bard adding more sinker usage, but I'll say um, I'll say under, cause I guess also, yeah, I would rewarding. hope, so. I, I would it's hope also, so. It's also less rewarding to uh, throw the sinker this year. I know we talk a lot about the rule changes, but I mean, ground balls are going to get through more this year, obviously, because of the lack of shift. Um, But I mean, that's not the only reason they should lower their sinker usage.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Rockies are famously like the most behind the eight ball franchise in terms of, you know, advanced metrics and, you know, statistics. And I think there's no greater example of this phenomenon than that exactly right there.
0: Yeah, and I mean... Is,
1: hey, this doesn't work. Let's keep doing it more than any other team in the league.
0: Yeah, and to go back... Like, I know it's an old uh, old G- GM, but was it John Dowd who talked about how Dow bad... Dowd?
1: Him? What? <laughs> John the- Dowd? John Dowd was the, was the fake Barry Bonds player in MVP05 because they didn't have the naming rights to him. Dan O'Dowd was the Rockies GM.
0: Dan O'Dowd, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan Dan O'Dowd, um, who, uh, yeah, he 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 said he was, was talking about the how awesome Network batting Network. average was. Yeah, which is so funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah,
1: that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, there was an article written about about bringing bringing back batting average because notoriously it's gone. The batting average doesn't exist. It's it's a thing of the past. Yeah.
0: Hits and at-bats are, are no longer. They're not – people don't keep track of that, actually. There's no
1: leaderboard for it or anything.
0: No. no.
1: Nobody nobody knows who won the batting title last year.
0: Yeah. Who's Luis Ariz and why is he so special? Yeah. I see this guy on Team Venezuela. Why is he there?
1: Yeah, anyway. Anyway, I think the Rockies are funny because they throw the second most sinkers in baseball, even though they know it doesn't work for them, except for Daniel Bard, of course.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Um. But uh, so yeah, my my question is uh, simple. I couldn't really think of much. Uh, I didn't have a I didn't have a very cool stat to present. Um, <laughs> but uh, who will represent? I've, been, I've,
1: I've Rock- had that one on the. I'm sorry, I've had that one on the back burner for months, and I've needed an excuse to let it out.
0: Yeah, I I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I I was happy to listen to it. Um, yeah. but who will represent the Rockies at the 2023 All Star Game?
1: <laughs> we're
0: assuming they have one all-star i'm that's my assumption
1: yeah that's a fair assumption to make um yeah you know what i'll double down and i'll say nolan jones why not
0: okay yeah go with it yeah i guess the the other top candidates were i'd say bard, bard and then Brian maybe crone
1: uh ezekiel tovar yeah uh, who we saw play last year
0: Maybe Ryan McMahon, if you're looking at defense too. Yeah, which that's I not, don't think they are. It's not the average fan. I'm or, not
1: saying he's not all-star worthy, but I don't think anyone's going to be looking at his defense. No. On that, on the committee that votes for that.
0: Yeah. Um, so now, uh, we will get into a team that uh, we just talked about, um, okay. the Arizona Diamondbacks. They. Went seventy four and eighty eight as we mentioned, uh, in twenty twenty two, and they finished fourth in the NL West. Uh, they lost Dalton Varsho, uh, Sergio Alcantara, C- Caleb Smith, Ian Kennedy, Taylor Widener, and Cooper Hummel. They added Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Gabriel More- Moreno, Evan Longoria, uh, Andrew Chafin, and Juries Familia. Um, I will start with my player to watch from the Diamondbacks. Um, and this kind of goes against it. it Oh, in normal situations, this goes against my way of thinking, I guess, but I'm going with Jake McCarthy for this one. Um, yeah. Oh, he, I see why. Yeah. He's, uh, so he's a 25 year old outfielder. He's like sort of a Carol type, except, you know, probably a little less power. Um, and not necessarily the defense either, but he's a 25 year old outfielder. He hit, 283 with a 769 OPS, 118 OPS plus, and 23 stolen bases in 99 games. Uh, Another really fast player. Uh, On his baseball savant page, all his percentiles are 53rd percentile or below, uh, except for his sprint speed, which is 98th percentile. And I'd say his sprint speed made up for a lot. Uh, McCarthy, so Jake McCarthy hitting a ground ball isn't as bad as an average player hitting a ground ball. So it's kind of okay that his ground ball rate was 51.8% uh in 2022. Uh last year he hit 302 and slugged 325 on ground balls and that's largely thanks to his speed. Uh the league average is 241 batting average and 262 slugging respectively. So he was 60 points above that in both uh in both categories. Um that average and slugging on grounders ranked 29th and 34th, respectively, out of 281 hitters with 200 plus batted balls last year. Uh, those are both uh, in the highest 13% of uh, of players. And uh, McCarthy also had a line drive rate near league average. Uh, he combined to have 75.1% of his batted balls be ground balls and line drives, which is in the highest 13%. And on those batted balls, he hit 429, which ranks 28th out of 281, uh, which is top 10%. The league average on combined grounders and liners is 378. And he was at 429, 51 points above that league average. Um, Along with that, McCarthy on softer hit balls uh, was better than, than most players. He hit three thirty-three on batted balls with exit velocities of less than seventy miles per hour. The league average is two nineteen, and he also had a pop-up rate of only three point two percent, which is bottom twelve percent of those two hundred eighty-one hitters. So I guess my point with McCarthy is, like, it's 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 fine that he's you know going with more ground balls, line drives because you know his speed can help with that. Pop-up, you know, him having a low pop-up rate is really good because pop-ups are the only thing where his speed can't help him out. Um, yeah. and like high fly balls is the only thing where his speed can't help him out because you know, the ball's up in the air. Uh, you don't have to throw to first to to get him out with that. Um, it's going to be caught by a, by a player. So if he's hitting, it's better for him to hit a ground ball than, you know, a high fly ball, uh, cause he's, you know, going to be able to get on base more, and, you know, I'm not necessarily worried about, you know, the expected statistics or um, BABIP with him because I think his regression is going to be a little less because, I mean, that 98th percentile sprint speed, uh, it's it's uh, so high and it's going to help him out so much with ground balls and, and line drives that, um, and, you know, he's going to be able to get uh, doubles where a lot of guys get singles and triples where a lot of guys get doubles. So I'm not necessarily worried about, those percentiles as much as as other players so you know that's why I'm looking at uh, Jake McCarthy
1: sure so my player to watch uh, is one of the prospects that I mentioned earlier guy that I think can see some big league time this year I'm talking about Brandon Fodd who is a right-handed starting pitcher I just want to set the record straight right now I had him before Foolish Baseball put him in his video nice just wanted Want everyone to i don't have any proof of this but you're just gonna have to take my word for it i promise (laughs) i did have him before foolish baseball put that video out anyway among 241 qualified minor leaguers at all levels last year brandon fodd ranked fourth in strikeout minus walk rate at 26.9 he was top 15 in both k per nine and walks per nine at 11.75 and 1.78 respectively he had the most strikeouts of any minor league pitcher last year at 218. The next most was 186. So he struck out more guys than anybody else throughout all of minor league baseball last year by a wide margin. Uh, He did struggle to keep the ball in the park last year. He had a 16.4% home run to fly ball ratio and also a 1.51 home run per nine. But he does pitch in Chase Field this year. And like I mentioned earlier, Chase Field is one of the better ballparks for containing fly balls and keeping them from going over the fence. I think that's something that will benefit Brandon Fod, uh, minimize the home runs given up specifically at home. And if he keeps, I don't don't expect him to keep that strikeout to walk out strikeout to walk ratio, especially early, but you know, if he can still have something around three to four, that's very good. And I think he's going to be an effective pitcher for the diamondbacks this
0: year. Yeah, that is a, uh, very high strikeout rate, very low walk rate. Um, really, uh, yeah, really interesting to see. I should look at how many strikeouts he has for every walk. Yeah, six point six uh, strikeout to walk yeah. ratio. Um, like, yeah, <clears throat> definitely, uh, someone to look out for. Yeah, that's a good, uh, good find on your part. And yeah, definitely should be major league ready. I mean, he's gonna be, or he's twenty four right now. Um, yeah. so. Yeah, will be interesting to look at, and yeah, I mean, outside of Kelly and Gallon, um, on on the Diamondbacks, it's not, uh, you know, there's still a, a very developing rotation and and team in general, so should get some innings. Uh, all right, question time. My question, um, what is more likely for 2023, Zach Gallon winning Cy Young or Christian Walker leading first base in F four this year? I'd say Zach Allen winning Cy
1: Young pretty comfortably Um, I think Zach Allen is a great dark horse Cy Young candidate he uh, had a 42 and a third inning scoreless streak last year towards the end of the season and was one of the best pitchers in the last couple of months of the season I can very comfortably say that he's a good candidate regardless Christian Walker is going to have a lot of competition at first base he does a very good defense especially for his position but I mean. When you're putting him up against like Freddie Freeman and Paul Goldschmidt and Vlad Guerrero Jr., that's a lot. That's really tough for him. Uh so I'm gonna say Zach Allen winning Cy Young. Um All right. my question, I'm going with a very ambitious one. Over under 49 and a half stolen bases for Corbin Carroll.
0: Um well, I so my my gut's definitely under, but I understand that uh stolen bases, as we talked about you know, when we were talking about his extension, you know, stolen bases should be a little easier, uh, pick up, you know, the pickoff rule, um, like it or not, it's, it's going to play an effect on that pitch clock as well. Like, you know, it's going to be interesting, especially if it goes down. Like, I wonder if, if runners are going to be more cautious or more aggressive because, you know, you could have one second left on the pitch clock and they could pick you, they could try to pick you off like right at the buzzer. Um, so that'll be interesting. But yeah, it's, you know, he'll, I mean, he's going to start the year. I mean, obviously no reason to manipulate service time now um, given his extension, but he's going to start the year in Arizona. um, And yeah, I, I'll still say under, but you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets to 50, but yeah. Hey, you know, I'm, that's a that's a challenge corbin if you're listening <laughs> um but yeah i'll say under uh under 50 for now um yeah. <clears throat> all right uh so now that leads into the San Francisco Giants i was just at oracle park yeah you um, were I, I was on the way i didn't go on on its own i'm not a i i wasn't that hardcore but uh it was on the way to Chase, the Chase Center, uh, where the Warriors play. Got to see, got to see some basketball action. First NBA, first full NBA game I've watched this year. Uh, so <laughs> good to do that. <laughs> One more than um, me. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah. They had a really interesting offseason, the Giants did. They went, yeah. but last year they went 81 and 81. Finished third in the NL West. Uh, They lost Carlos Redon, most notably. Uh, They lost also Evan Longoria, Brandon Belt, and Yarlene Garcia. They added Ross Stripling, Mitch Haniger, Michael Conforto, Taylor Rogers, Sean Mania, and Roberto Perez. Um, Who are you looking at with these Giants?
1: Yeah, I am once again going with one of the additions they got. I'm looking at Sean Mania a guy that I think can be really interesting. The San Francisco Giants have a very good recent history of taking pitchers that hadn't been performing up to their potential and getting all of it out of them. You know, we saw with Kevin Gaussman in 2020-21. to 21. We saw with Carlos Rodon last year. It was the first season where he was able to stay healthy and have an ace-type season. And I think Sean Manaya has that same potential. Uh, he went to – so, Chris, are you aware of, of driveline baseball? Yes, so Sean and I, for those of you that don't know, driveline baseball is a uh, sort of like a player development lab that's located in Arizona that a lot of major league college and high school, like top high school uh, baseball players, both pitchers and hitters go to work on mechanics, to work on, you know, pitch repertoire. And they start, and people have seen some stunning results, uh, upticks in velocity, higher spin rates naturally, bat speed if you're a hitter. Uh, and there's there's a lot of positive results that have come out of it. Well, Sean Manaya went to driveline this offseason, and according to some reporters, he's been experiencing an uptick in velocity in spring training. Uh, I don't know if, if there's a ton of stack-ass data about it, but that's from what I've heard. He's uh, throwing the hardest that he's thrown in his career in some, in some instances. He threw his sinker 60% of the time last year and ended the year with a 38.7% ground ball rate. That's not good. That's not why you throw a sinker. Uh, He hasn't been throwing it for the right purpose, and he threw it 60% of the time last year. 10.9% of his sinkers found themselves in the bottom third of the strike zone. That's the fifth lowest rate among the 128 pitchers that threw at least 300 sinkers. Uh, 23.8% of his sinkers were in game day zone 12, which is high – high above the strike zone and on the outside to right-handed hitters uh so he so just about a quarter of his sinkers were out of the strike zone at a very specific point uh that is the second highest 23.8 percent is the second highest rate among the 452 seasons that any pitchers had since 2012 in which they threw 750 sinkers uh that's the second highest rate. The third highest rate on that list is Sean Mania in 2021. The fifth highest rate is Sean Mania in 2017. So it's a problem that he's had for a while where he's had trouble locating his sinkers specifically in that part of the zone. I think the do- the Giants can fix him. I think it's very possible. They've done it before. Sean Mania is a guy that has the talent to where we could see more potential out of him come out with the Giants.
0: Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And the Giants, I know... I this goes back to 2021, but I know they had from 2020 to 2021, they had a crazy increase in team ground ball rate. Like, yep. you know, it It was in June of 2021, but I know, I think throughout the year, like 2020, I think their ground ball rate was 28th uh, or, or maybe even dead last. And then in 2021, it was like top three. Um, and I, I can't imagine it fell off too much, uh, last year it was like fifth with,
1: last year or something like that
0: yeah especially with uh you know Logan Webb you know getting a lot of innings last year but um yeah. you know they I think they've developed into you know into a into a club that you know garners a lot more ground balls than they used to so I imagine they have some uh data analysts and you know really smart people trying to help out Sean and I right now yeah, um, I
1: think one thing is something that you're going to hear a lot of this season and over the next couple years, months is oh yeah, you went to drive line.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's been growing more notoriety. You know, it's it's been kind of going on for uh a decade, and um, you know, they're they're a very interesting lab. I imagine they probably have multiple locations at this point, but they have. Uh, to.
1: I know that there's one in Arizona that Manaya went to.
0: Yeah, like uh, you know it, it's it's they kind of they kind of started that, you know, weighted ball and and uh you know plyometric uh, ply, plyometric ball movement, um, and they're very advanced, always searching for more. I know, like you know, just as an amateur guy, um, me just as a high school pitcher, I looked, you know I looked at that and looked at what they were doing and pitchers especially are helped by them i know what they do a lot with yeah. hitters but pitchers especially i think um, they're doing a
1: lot more with hitters now recently i think that's yeah. a lot of why it's becoming more of a known thing it's like i know i think movie bets went there and like he's improving his bat speed bat speed is something that's you know starting to be tracked now it's in it was in two ballparks last year um yeah mm-hmm. i think i think it's very possible that you know, it, it. I think it's a way that that hitters can start catching up with pitchers because I think it's pretty clear that pitchers have generally had the upper hand over the last few years overall.
0: Yeah, and uh, guess who led all teams in ground ball rate last year? The Giants.
1: It was. It was the Giants. Yeah.
0: Okay. Thank, I yeah. mean, I guess a large portion of that is Webb and Cobb. I, I remembered uh, Alex. Absolutely. Cobb too.
1: Alex Wood too.
0: Alex Wood. Yep um so yeah now moving to uh my player to watch um not a pitcher but it we have is two uh, minutes.
1: we've sorry we have two and a half minutes left do you want to do you want to go through or do you want to end
0: um i think i could i think i could wrap this before my question all right, let's do it Um two minutes,
1: 30 seconds on the clock
0: all right uh i honestly don't have too much on him either but uh, i'm talking about jd davis uh shout out to my 2020 mets player to watch jd davis Maybe was
1: my 2020 Mets player to watch as well
0: yeah we 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 matched on that yeah but a lot is a lot has happened since then um and after getting traded to san francisco last year in 49 games with the giants in 2022 he hit 263 with an 857 ops uh overall even with his uh mets uh mets games his average exit velocity last year was 95th percentile. Hard hit, hit, hard hit rate was 99th percentile. Expected woba was 89th percentile. Expected slugging was 87th percentile. And barrel rate was 97th percentile. He also had an above average sweet spot rate of 34.8%. Out of 334 hitters with 150 plus batted balls in 2022, Davis's barrel rate ranked 10th. And uh, he is also due for some progression, as he was, uh, twenty second unluckiest out of three hundred thirty four hitters in expected slugging last year. Um, he was top seven percent in expect uh, top seven percent unluckiest in expected slugging percentage, and eighty uh, seventh percentile in expected slugging percentage overall. Um, so J D Davis, um, and I know he's projected as a bench player on the Giants. Um, But he is certainly someone to look out for, you know, especially with how the direction he hits the ball and how hard he's been hitting the ball. His problem is strikeout rate, so we'll see about that. But he is someone to look out for for sure. All right, and uh, now we move on to questions uh, for the San Francisco Giants. What do you got for uh, for me? So for my Giants question, I had a fun
1: one. Uh, who has the higher F four? Taylor Rodgers or Tyler Rodgers?
0: That's a good one. Um, yeah.
1: They are identical twins. their their teammates this year.
0: Yeah. Not, I, I'm going to say a super uh, corny thing. They're identical brothers, but their pitching styles are far from identical. Yeah. Because uh, Tyler Rodgers is a very ground ball heavy. They also throw with gets, different arms. Yeah. They throw with different arms and they throw oh, from different angles. You mm. know rogers tyler rogers is a submariner taylor's a i think overhand or three-quarter a little um, more
1: of a sidearm but yeah
0: and uh tyler i don't think tyler gets crazy amount of strikeouts does he i should double check on that no he doesn't um but
1: he does but he doesn't give up a lot of home runs and taylor did last year
0: yeah um if you mind, I, i'm talking about f4 i'd say Taylor Rogers is a little bit due for a bounce back, so I'll say I'll say Taylor. All right. Taylor with an A. -A T-A-Y-L-O-R. Um, all right. So uh my question um might be a little impacted by some uh news that happened over the past week or so. Um, Hmm. but I don't think the injury should be too crazy, but there is an injury. Which outfield acquisition will make a bigger impact in twenty twenty three, Mitch Haniger or Michael Conforto?
1: Yeah, no. um, yeah, I did notice Haniger was hurt. Um, both guys have been very injury prone in the past, which makes me nervous. Um, honestly, it feels like who do I? It feels like the real question is who do I have more faith in to stay healthy? Yeah, because I think they're both pretty equal. Like they're both capable of like pretty equal contribution. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm, this is a tough one. This is a really tough one. I, I'm gonna go with Mitch Haniger just because it's been a couple of years since Michael Conforto has played in the majors, and I'm sure there'll be some sort of like, you know, period where he's still warming back up to major league pitching. Yeah. So I'll I'll go with Mitch Haniger. I feel like it's a more safe pick.
0: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, that makes sense uh all right now we will move on to the Padres who obviously making a lot of headlines um but I am realizing like a lot of their big signings have just been guys on their team um although they obviously made a really big one um who was not on their team before um but the Padres last year went 89 and 73, and they finished second in the NL West. They got the number five seed in the National League playoffs. They beat the Mets in the wild card round, beat the Dodgers in the NLDS, and eventually lost to the Phillies in the NLCS. Uh, the Padres lost Josh Bell, Brandon Drury, Jerickson Profar, who I think is still out there, which is weird because I mean he he, is. he, yeah. had, he had a pretty good season last year. Um, I, I understand why the Padres don't need him right now, but I think if you're another MLB team, you should go out and try to get them. Um, but they lost jerks, you know, Bell, Drury, Profar, Will Myers, Mike Clevenger, Sean Mania, Jorge Alfaro, and Pierce Johnson. Uh, they added Xander Bogarts, Matt Carpenter, Seth Lugo, Michael Walker, Nelson Cruz, and Adam Engel. Um, so I'll start with my Padres player to watch. So the leader for the Padres in B-War last year, was Manny Machado who uh was an MVP finalist but in second place was uh ha Kim. Um yeah. ha Kim, you know, I'm not saying he's he's as good as B-War says it is because I mean B-War averages defense Hardly impacted a
1: lot. by defense, yeah.
0: However, you know, nonetheless he's really really valuable um and more valuable than I think a lot of people recognize uh Kim Is a 27-year-old infielder. He played 131 games at shortstop last year and had 10 defensive runs saved and eight outs above average at the position. Um, He also had a 107 OPS plus, stole 12 bases, uh, which allowed him to have 5.0 B WAR and 3.7 F WAR. Um, Kim was one of six players last year to accumulate 12 plus fielding runs, six plus batting runs, and two plus base running runs. The other five were uh, Stephen Kwan, Dalton Varshow, Andres Jimenez, Kyle Tucker, and Mookie Betts. Um, So Kim, you know, obviously he's not going to get as much time at shortstop this year because A, Bogarts was signed, and B, uh, if Bogarts isn't playing short, it'll probably be Tatis when uh, he comes back after, tw- after he serves his 20 games. But He is the projected starting second baseman right now with Machado at shortstop Bogarts at short and Cronenworth at first base. And in one, in just 148 career innings at second base, Kim has five defensive runs saved and two outs above average, you know, 148 career innings. That's only, you know, like 16, 17 full games. If you, if you judge by that and Kim still managed to get five defensive runs saved and two outs above average in that short time at the second base position. Um, so he, uh, you know, he's very valuable, has great value on defense and was an above average hitter and a, and a good base runner last year. So someone, uh, someone to keep track of for sure. Um, and, and someone who should be recognized, uh, who is your player to watch?
1: My player to watch. I am doubling down on the player that I had on this team last year because they worked out very well for me. So I'm going to try it again. I'm going with our favorite name in baseball, Luis Garcia. Yeah. Uh, Just to be clear, I'm talking about the reliever for the Padres, the one who's going into his age 36 season. Uh, yep. He is tied for 20th among all relievers in F4 since the start of the 2021 season. Uh, From 2021 to 2022, his ground ball rate went up by 8%, and his fly ball rate dropped by 11%. It went from 27% to 16%, which is outstanding. At age 35 last year, his sinker averaged out at 98.7 miles per hour the fourth fastest among the 197 pitchers to throw at least 200 sinkers, which, by the way, he threw 512, so it's not a cherry pick by any means. Uh, However, the pitch that really impressed was his slider, his second most used pitch. Among the 1,214 pitches across Major League Baseball to have 50 plate appearances and against them, Luis Garcia's slider had the lowest average against at 050, the 11th lowest slugging percent slugging percentage against at 150 the second lowest WOBA against at 120 the fourth fourth highest with percent at 57.1 percent the fourth highest strikeout rate at 62.5 percent the 18th highest put away percent at 33.9 percent the lowest expected batting average at 041 the lowest the second lowest was 065 so he was 25 points ahead there the second lowest expected slugging at 0.87 and the lowest expected Woba against at 0.095. His expected Woba was not even at 100 on his slider. Uh, it was one of the best pitches in baseball last season. It had 64 plate appearances against it and it was outstanding. So that is Luis Garcia. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's um, <clears throat> yeah. He really impressed in that uh, Padres bullpen last year. um. Yeah, he uh, I think he was like with the Cardinals, he wasn't necessarily as wasn't necessarily as good. And now now he's really uh, pumping it up, throws really hard, obviously. Um, So, yeah, now it is on to questions. Um, So. I don't know, this might be a a stupid question. I don't know what it is, but what will there be more of Fernando Tatis Jr. hits or Juan Soto walks?
1: Uh, I'm going to go on Soto walks.
0: Yeah, I think,
1: yeah. I mean the, the 20 games definitely plays a, a bit of a factor and maybe not too much of a factor, but yeah, I'll go with that.
0: Yeah. For context, I think Tatis in, in 2021, um, despite his great season only had 135 hits and I think that's the amount of walks Soto had last year. Um, or is that, that, or Yeah, I think it was, yeah, I think it was 135 last year. Um, just shows you how much Juan Soto walks. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um yeah. My, question uh, my question is it
1: my question also involves Juan Soto. Uh it's definitely not a statistical based question. It's kind of, you know, a bit built into the narrative the podges have built themselves uh into the last, you know, in the last couple of months. Will Juan Soto have an extension by the end of the year?
0: By the end of the year. Um
1: you can take that to me and by the end of 2023 or by the end of the, the season. You can go whichever way you want with that.
0: Um I'll say I'll I'll keep it I'll keep it to end of 2023 and I'll say no because right. this is a guy that this is a guy, but this is a this... guy who rejected five hundred million dollars. I That's think true. he's gonna be really tough in negotiations. Um, and I don't think he's going to get one this spring training because I no, think he he's knows not one spring. I think he's, I think he knows well, especially, yeah, with the world, uh, world baseball classic, there's not going to be negotiating time, but I think he knows that he's coming off, you know, a soda his version of a down year. And I think, you know, a, a, any MLB team would try to pay him based off of that. So he knows that he, he wants to get his money after, you know, a, a season where he lives up to his full potential, like a, a 2021 type season where, you know, he was a runner up in MVP and potentially should have won that MVP after, you know, a seven win season. Um, so I think he's gonna, he's gonna wait, he's gonna wait a little more. Um, I know what well, he has He he's a free agent after 24, 24. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, next year it will be, a next year will be his walk year but um but yeah i don't Correct. think he'll uh, get an extension by the end of the calendar year i'll go ahead and say that all um, right all right and yeah could be wrong i mean the padres hey the padres have gotten some some deals done that i would not have expected them to uh to do so
1: i'd say the only reason i really put this as a question is that i've learned that you really cannot doubt the, doubt the padres yeah it, their, it's really
0: money. it's really uh whatever unstoppable like, force versus just, immovable yeah, just, object yeah.
1: just as you think okay they have to be done now right they'll just throw out another one
0: yeah i just <laughs> they,
1: they signed they signed you darvish and it's like oh no now they can't afford manny machado and they're like what are you talking about we literally just gave him a 360 million dollar contract
0: yeah it's really just two forces And it just wouldn't going be surprising if it's like
1: okay well now that they signed machado they definitely can't afford soto and then they're like actually we just paid him 700 million dollars
0: yeah, like yeah, Soto's like, I want 18 years. The Padres will be like, How about 19? Like,
1: how about how about 20, actually? Yeah. You're um, still like 16, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he's going
1: into what age 24. Uh yeah. That's so crazy.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, he's doing that. That's crazy.
1: That's that's awesome.
0: One of my favorite foolish baseball tweets was like, when I can't wait till Juan Soto gets like, to Adley Rutschman's age.
1: age, yeah, like before he played in the majors. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. Yeah. I mean, the Padres. I. This isn't me dissing the Padres. I just think that the yeah that Juan Soto and his team are really tough. Um, based on what we've heard about contract negotiations the past year. All right. Now we move on to the Dodgers. Uh, who last year went 111 and 51 and won the National League West, but lost to the Padres in the NLDS. Over the offseason, lost a good amount, lost Trey Turner, Tyler Anderson, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, Craig Kimbrell, Andrew Heaney, Chris Martin, David Price, Joey Gallo, Tommy Canely, and Hanser Alberto. They lost all those guys and they added Noah Sindergaard, JD Martinez, David Peralta, and Jason. Hayward, uh, who's your who's your player to watch on yeah. Los Angeles Dodgers? So,
1: for the second time this episode, I'm going with a guy that has never played in the majors. I'm going with Gavin Stone. He is a pitching prospect for the Dodgers, just entered the top 100 this year for the first time. Uh, he was the second-to-last pick in the 2020 MLB drafts. That, was, of course, was only a five-round draft, but he was dangerously close to going undrafted. Uh, He was actually picked 10 spots after Brandon Fodd, my uh, Arizona Diamondbacks player to watch. Among the 311 pitchers across all minor leagues to throw 100 innings pitched last year, he had the lowest ERA. He had a 1.48 ERA in 121 and two thirds innings pitched. That's crazy. He also had the second lowest fifth at 244. Uh, By the way, he played, he pitched 25 innings in high A ball, 73 in the third innings in double a and 23 and a third innings in uh in triple a and he also had the lowest home runs per nine last year out of the 311 pitchers at 0.22 his era at every level last year was 144 in high a 160 in double A and one sixteen in triple A. And his FIPs at every respective level were 260, 224, and two eighty-seven. I think the biggest question mark for the Dodgers this year is their rotation depth. Uh, you know, you have Kershaw, you have Dustin May, you have Noah Syndergaard, who is kind of a question mark. Uh you probably don't have Walker Bueller this year. Um, I feel like I'm oh you have Julio Arias and a walkier. Uh you have maybe Ryan Pepio trying to come out. Uh as a prospect i think gavin stone's a guy that could get some playing time this year and definitely would be a guy to watch
0: yeah yeah the yeah the starting pitching with the dodgers is um is you know like after you know losing tyler anderson and you know having some injury trouble with some of the guys on the roster um you know you could definitely see some younger guys stepping up um, especially, yeah, I mean, Walker Bueller, he's pretty much out the whole year with his uh, elbow surgery. It um, is
1: crazy that, you know, two years after they had like five combined Cy Young Awards in their rotation that we're now at this point. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I think yeah, they had more yeah. than that. They had Kershaw. Well, I guess they never had uh, Surger and Bauer at the same time, but you get the idea. Yeah,
0: Scherzer, Bauer, Price uh kershaw kershaw bueller who All,
1: also did... bueller also arias also may yeah yeah
0: yeah it's weird
1: and now now this is where we're at but nonetheless gavin stones i think is a very fun guy it should be an under the radar pick on a on a very you know highly touted and well covered team
0: yeah their rotation will get better when they get otani but
1: yeah exactly
0: it's weird yeah it's, it's like, like, like yeah. well
1: yeah they'll have they were talking about that now. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, come twenty twenty four, they're going to have Shohei Ohtani. They're going yeah. to have signed him.
0: The the Dodgers Mets bidding war is already being talked about. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. It's oh my it god! Sucks. It's gonna be a I legendary. Just, I wish the I wish like it it was like two thousand I don't know fifteen or two thousand seven again, where the Red Sox were in on top free agents. Yeah.
1: It'd be very funny if the Pirates actually were like, actually, we haven't spent for the last 20 years because we've been saving up for (laughs) Shohei Otani.
0: Like, when he was
1: born, we were like, okay, this guy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) We're going to be like the Angels. We're going to have Shohei Otani and win 75 (laughs) games.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That would be really funny.
0: (laughs) It's like, oh, what what would the Angels be like without Shohei Otani? Oh, they'd be like the Pirates. <laughs> they'd be like
1: the Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> they just swap records.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. My player to watch with the Dodgers, it's another example where I'm going with a reliever who I had as a how about that last year. I'm talking about, so you know, I guess the context of this, you know, Craig Kimbrell, um, he's he went to the Phillies this year. Uh, last year the Dodgers lost Kenley Jansen. So you know there's obviously a, a thing, you know, people are wondering who's going to take that ninth inning role and it's most likely going to be Evan Phillips, who is one of the best relievers in baseball last year. He's he- heading into his age 29 season coming off a year with 63 innings pitched, a 1.14 ERA, fifth, and 2.18 expected ERA in his final 47 regular season appearances which go back to May 29th. He threw 45 innings and allowed two earned runs for a .40 ERA. It was the first time since 2018 that a pitcher had a 47-game span with 45-plus innings and an ERA below 0.5. It had to be Blake Trinan, right? Um, Blake Trinan was one of them, but Ryan uh, Presley was also in that group.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. Uh, wow. Shout out to him. Uh, So he – also had a 154 FIP in that span, uh, along with a 85.0 mile per hour average exit velocity against and a 3.1% barrel rate against, as well as a 27.8% sweet spot rate against, which are all far below average in what you want as a pitcher. Um, Phillips out of 162 qualified relievers from May 20, uh from May 29th on, Phillips's ERA was the lowest, and his FIP was fifth lowest out of 162. And out of 509 pitchers with 50-plus batted balls against in that 47-game span for Phillips, his expected WOBA against ranked eighth lowest. Uh, Also, out of those 509 pitchers, his average exit velocity ranked 36th lowest, uh, which is top 8%, and barrel rate against ranked 21st lowest, which was top 5%. And this was along with a... 27% 27% strikeout minus walk rate which is uh 13 percentage points above average it's elite. Uh so along with the 27% strikeout minus walk rate uh he was allowing very soft contact and nothing really in in and not a lot in that sweet spot zone where uh, a lot of hits are are happening. Um and so with Phillips you got to wonder what pit, what what his arsenal is and he used what is now known as the sweeper, which is a vario- yes, variation very variation of a slider. Pitch. Yeah, it's a it's a what I read on it. It's a variation of a slider. It apparently has a little more horizontal movement than a slider. Um, and it was used
1: forty four so it's, like it's like an advanced slider.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a if slider are two point. Supposed
1: to have horizontal movements.
0: Yep. <laughs> it's slider 2.0 it's better than the last one it's
1: the it's the streaming service it's slider plus
0: yeah (laughs) you have to pay of
1: which sorry i'm sorry to interrupt your your uh your segment here but did you see that they added uh like pitch modeling statistics to fan graphs
0: um no i haven't but i'll I'll definitely look it's
1: like stuff plus command plus Mm -hmm. all that i'm sure you've heard of those those metrics before but they're on fan graphs now and it's very cool
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I've Yeah. Stuff. Plus I've, yeah, I think I heard about that. Um, but yeah, like, uh, Phillips, yeah. Phillips has slider plus he has to pay 599 a month to, uh, to, yeah. to, use, to use his sweeper. um <laughs> But anyway, so Phillips is using the sweeper and he used it 44.2% of the time last year, which was third most out of 378 pitchers to throw 750, 750 plus pitches last year. Uh, In that 47 game span to end the season, his sweeper had a 145 batting average and a 161 slugging against it. It was the lowest slugging on a sweeper in that span among the 18 pitchers with uh, 150 plus sweepers in that span. He also had a 44.1% whiff rate against that sweeper uh, in his final 47 games. Um, So Phillips, uh, he was an unbelievable reliever last year. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily expect him to have oh, you know, a one-one four ERA again. However, he's he proved to be extremely reliable last year. Um, I, I imagine the Dodgers had a good deal of uh good deal of developing him. And uh I, I imagine he gets some ninth inning time and maybe is one of the best closers in baseball this year. Who knows? Um now on to uh now on to questions.
1: Yes, my. I feel like this is a bit of a lame question, considering the the, the talent on the Dodgers that I'm focusing on these players. But who is a better chance of achieving a 100 weighted runs created plus, Miguel Rojas or Jason Hayward?
0: Yeah, that's that's uh that's an interesting question. Yeah, I mean, I know Rojas is far below, and Hayward hasn't been good on offense in a in a while. I think um it's. And it's not, it's, yeah, it's rate specific. So it doesn't really matter who gets the sample sizes. Exactly. Um, the better <laughs> chance. I don't, I mean, it's weird. I guess it I,
1: could also, yeah. I guess it could also just be who has the higher.
0: Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, I don't see either getting. <laughs> I don't see it either
1: of with a chance.
0: I say Rojas because, I mean, I don't know. I think he, he, I think he might be a little younger than Hayward. Or, I Probably. could be wrong on that I think they're both I, around 35 I mean
1: he did he Hayward was very young when he debuted, but it wasn't two thousand ten
0: yeah um so I'll say Rojas I don't know um no no specific reason, no deep dive on analysis however, Hayward did have i think he had a weird stretch in the most recent year in 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 recent years where he like was actually pretty good offensively, but he fell yeah. he fell off at some point um my question, uh, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts were fourth and fifth in the MVP last year. Who finishes higher in the vote this year if they do get in that vote? Hmm.
2: Between
1: Mookie and Freddie Freeman, I'm going to say Mookie. Um, I think that he did have some... I could be completely wrong on this, but I feel like he had some debit misfortune last year. I'm probably saying that because I had him in my on my F-14 last year. Uh Although Mookie hits like the least fly balls in the league. He had like a 35% fly ball rate, or fly ball rate, ground ball rate last year. So this shift probably won't help him. But I don't know. His defense is still stellar. Uh, I'll just go with Mookie.
0: Um, That is tough, though. 272 BABIP. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, car- that could be higher. His career BABIP is 304.
1: Yeah. But also his ground ball rate it probably went way down or was way down. It's it's definitely at a lower point than it's been at through most of the, most of his career because he had like I think one of the lowest ones in the league last year.
0: Yeah, interesting. Um, all right. See, so yeah, that'll do it for uh. That will do it for NL West previews. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens, go to the YouTube channel it is called above replacement radio um and uh yeah it's first time first time we've been on video in a while uh, as we are remote right now um so got that going for us uh and if you're um watching on youtube and want to go to the apple podcasts and spotify streams and subscribe to those uh those are called above replacement radio as well and if you want to follow us on social media follow me on twitter at chris underscore gianta follow me on instagram at chris gianta you can see a nice i was with uh i was with willie mays not yes, actually were. not actual willie you, mays, but, uh, you, but you talked statue. about the
1: show in your caption
0: i did i did mention the old name yeah. stbnl episode if, 36, I would say, if you were
1: with willie mays that would have been the lead story in this show we wouldn't have talked we wouldn't have done previews
0: no no we would
1: have done an hour and a half on chris met willie mays
0: yeah that would be, that would be amazing if I could have, if I could have yeah. done that. But no, I I was, I I was with a statue, showing showing appreciation, um. But anyway, uh, go follow those accounts. I could I me. could
1: really tell I could really see you having, having talked to the rest of the group about how how all those times he should have won MVP.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, one of the people, you know, you know, we're not familiar with baseball. Asked who. Willie Mays was, and I, I said like fourth in home runs, or yeah, fifth in home runs now.
1: Not, not fourth. And he was like six or seven because it goes, it goes Bonds, Aaron Ru- Ruth, Ruth, Huhles, A Rod, Mays, Mays sixth.
0: Sixth. So I lied because he had, had six sixty. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to so, think. Is
1: Jim Tomey had 600, but he didn't get to 660? Ken Griffey Jr. had 630. Um, yeah, I know, was six.
0: So yeah, I lied there, but um, but yeah, I. So I, I wanted to go into accolades, but I couldn't even say I didn't want to say two time MVP because that doesn't represent him well. No, he has the same amount of MVPs as Juan Gonzalez. That's true. That's so sad. He should have like at least he should have at least four. But yeah, I should yeah. have gone into Maury Wills and why, why May should have won that 1962 MVP. But yeah, go follow uh at Christian on Instagram to see that photo with me in the statue. Um, yeah. and follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore current. Uh, and yeah, if you want to follow this, follow the show on Instagram, follow at Above Replacement Radio on Instagram, and uh, yeah, that does it. Um and we hope, to, uh, we hope to see you next week where we will be talking the final division. If you haven't done process of elimination yet, we will be talking the AL East uh, yes, featuring a, a lot of playoff and World Series contenders. So we will see you then.
2: This conversation.
0: This conversation is over. Is over.